1: Hey, welcome to the 378th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting and directing. This episode was brought to you by patron Benjamin Willis Teff, Earl Martin, Turtle, Ethan Eskelson and Debbie Bradshaw. I'm Matt Enlow, and I'm Oren Kaplan and today we are
2: talking about burnout. We are talking about trying to go on vacation and we're talking about balancing your work and life, a topic that we broach many, many times on this podcast, but We have our own personal stories this week that are related to balance or imbalance in our lives, and we thought it would be fun to talk about yet again.
1: Yeah, I think that certainly it's something that people deal with all of the time, but I think that I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other things that filmmakers have to do, need to feel motivated to do, to have a successful career outside of your regular screenwriting and pitching and all the stuff that we talk about on the show all the time. So all of the other things that you still have to kind of like get your butt in gear to do to make to make your career happen and kind of part of why we live in Los Angeles in the first place.
2: Part of living in L.A. I feel like does contribute to the burnout.
1: (laughs) Would you agree? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the the pro and con of living in an industry town is like I had a friend say the other day, like, oh, I just wish I had more more people to talk to about movies i need some movie friends <laughs> and um it's it's truly not an exaggeration to say that 100 percent of the people that i know are movie people or the partner of a movie person
2: i'd say my friends that i like actually hang out with are probably half and half yeah film people non-film people yeah it's my wife's friends that are kind of mostly non-film people friends from college my friends you know i did not go to film school so that probably affects it too
1: yeah not only did i go to film school but i also uh my freshman year was in the cinema floor so my dorm was all people who loved movies like there were murals of like poorly painted murals of different um movies on the walls and stuff like it was uh so i didn't i didn't ever meet anybody outside of that like when when people are like, "Oh, what do you do?" You don't say, "Oh, you're in the film industry." You you have to you are like, "Oh, this person's an editor. This person's an actor. This person's a screenwriter." Right. Like that's how you delineate. This is an
2: avid editor. This is more of a she's more of a premiere gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Truly though. Well, cool. Yeah. So, w- why is burnout on your mind? I mean, this is uh you know we we were pitching topics to each other. I'm about to go on vacation tomorrow for two and a half weeks, which is a very scary thing to do for a freelancer. Mm hmm. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I brought it up. Why did you bring it up? What's going on in your life? I mean, I think it's twofold for me. Regular listeners of the show will know that I'm show running right now. And so I'm managing a team. And so I'm dealing with the well-being of a, a number of people and kind of keeping tabs on where they are creatively and you know it's a YouTube channel, and so like the churn, the grind is very real. You know, we put out uh, between the two shows cl- close to a hundred things a year. You know, like there's a few we have. A, uh, we're dark in July, and then a few holidays. But like the main show I work on has a forty-eight episode order, and so we had a wrap party. We had a week off, and we were straight into. The next season. Grinding. Grinding and 48 episodes of another season, basically. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a podcast, but it feels like that maybe doesn't do the amount of work justice. There's still... But it's a video podcast. It's a video podcast. So imagine it's like... It's like a YouTube show more than a podcast. yeah, Yeah. It's akin to like a John Oliver or a Daily Show in terms of like, there's a lot of graphics and there's a lot of jokes and there's a lot of research... And you kind of have to take these big ideas and whittle them down into things that are digestible for people and entertaining for people, but also have a lot of insight. And so we've got a team of researchers. Anyway, I'm managing a lot of people and also like in the weeds on all of it. So I personally have just been confronted with what do I do personally and how do I teach that to other people? And also, um... You know, I'm still working on this feature. I've got new producers. On, like, there's still a lot of other stuff going on. And also, I'm trying to enjoy my daughter's second year of life. We just got back from the zoo. I got a sunburn this weekend. It's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, put, put sunscreen on your knees, everyone. That's really, <laughs> that's really, it's, it's, it's a real Matt Enloe com- endorsement. <laughs> it, it, truly, truly. Uh, so so that's why it kind of came to mind when you, you brought up how you were feeling stressed. So, and I think that uh, our two predicaments are um, both pretty relatable and also stark in comparison that I'm trying to figure out how to balance it on a day to day basis how to keep myself from burning out minute by minute. Whereas you really have been sprinting to then take two and a half weeks off. Yeah.
2: In a way. And then, you know, there's a famous joke in Hollywood, which is if you want to book a part, you know, as an actor, sure. you just get you book a vacation, right? Like anytime you decide to go out of town is when all the work is going to come. Uh, and yeah, we, we haven't caught up cause you, I, I know you had a good number of pitches due tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. Well, I'm leaving the country tomorrow, mm-hmm. so they're actually not due tomorrow, but I'm have to turn them in tomorrow. Otherwise I see I have to be working on treatments while I'm I am at 1st of all I'm doing like a thirty hour trip to Israel because of our layovers mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. With the two kids and all all the stuff. And also just as a technical side note for people who are like, oh, 30 hours in the plane. That's just awesome. I mean, like you could do like you can maybe you can write treatments in the air, but like your treatments are super image image dense and so you can't you can't do the sort of like searching it's just in, it's like working in slow motion it's like trying to run yeah, a marathon in a mud pit i have you know? a
2: two-year-old and a seven-year-old and yeah. and i don't think the wi-fi over the middle of the atlantic is so great
1: yeah it's not, it's not it's impossible to use is what i'm yeah getting at. and on top Plus of that i have
2: that you know i have this big shoot coming up in july and it's like a 30 or 40 page script it's like this 45 minute piece and they want notes too like i already have all my airplane stuff allocated to other projects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention just like yeah the family of it all and the yeah, whole idea a that partner you're yeah. supposed to yeah. be on vacation and disconnect in some way uh, so yeah so that's stressful and then the burnout it's funny because you're the burnout you're talking about is kind of it seems like birth of the youtube al- algorithm right which
1: rewards
2: Mm -hmm. and all these social networks and media networks that rewards a lot of content, regular content, Mm -hmm. right? The more Mm -hmm. regular you are, the more your show will go to the top. And then once you're Mm -hmm. at the top, you have to keep the output up. Like Mr. Beast can't take like three months off. Right. Or any of those people because they will like lose their standing. Um, And so it, it just creates an environment where the only way to succeed is to keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you never really have time to
1: reassess things. Uh, Well, you know, that's a, uh, an astute observation, but it's actually kind of not what I'm talking about because part of the reason I'm there is to streamline things so that we're banking things. mm. Um, it's, so it's more just like, you know, uh, that feeling of like turning the hourglass over. It's like, okay, we did an episode and then you turn it back over, which is maybe what you're, what you're getting at. Right. Like you're not even like, you're not, I mean, maybe if you're
2: banking episodes, I I don't know for me as a freelance director, I'm just fighting really hard to get a job. And then I get the, Mm -hmm. I either don't get the job, which is a bummer because I just worked, spent a week trying to get it. Uh, and if I do get the job, I do it. I shoot it. I prep. I do all the work for it. I'm done with it, and then I just need to start it all over mm-hmm. again. It's like yeah, like what you're saying. Like you had a couple of days off, yeah. and you're
1: back to the the grind. There's the churn, right? Yeah. There's the grind. Uh, the uh, the thing that I'm dealing with personally is that for once that that anxiety that you're describing is is, is kind of taken care of, right? Like, which is part of why I signed up for it. You know, I was like, writer's strike is coming. I'd love to just get back into, like, some narrative. Sounds good. But uh, the new anxiety that bubbles up of, like, being reminded now that pandemic is nice and far behind us, the baby is getting, I don't want to say easier every day, but, like, I'm, I'm more time is emerging for myself. And I'm reminded of, like, when when I first started, I was at drinks all the time i was at mixers all the time i was at meeting people you know i was doing not the hollywood hollywood thing but a a version of it for sure you know and because i was immersed in uh comedy central and development and all that you were going to shows and like i said mixers and uh, film festivals all of the kind of other things that we need to do where you build relationships And like people call that networking and that's not inaccurate, but like it was really more like developing relationships. And so that when the time came for me to take a project out or someone hit me up with something or whatever, when an opportunity arose, I had a network of people who were all equally hungry and excited and passionate that I could go to, whether it was putting two other people in contact or something I needed myself or whatever and over the years i've let that network dissolve a little bit you know you kind of, you have to keep you have to nourish that you have to keep people engaged you have to keep them aware of what you're doing and vice versa you have to help them and and reciprocate all of that stuff and you know now we're like i said outside of the pandemic people have moved on people have changed careers people have shifted gears, all sorts of different stuff is happening. And so I think it's occurring to me. And also my, my personal goals are different now, right? Like there are other ecosystems that I'm interested in being a part of or engaging with or reestablishing myself. And so like, you know, you wake up and you're like, well, dang, I've got an evening free. I could write a screenplay, hang out with my wife, go to this party or you know, this whatever mixer or award show or something, you know, that all sounds so Hollywood and so dumb, but it's all like, those are all opportunity costs that you have to weigh against each other. And it felt like, not like we were done having to do that stuff, but a little bit. Like once you're established, you're not quite so hungry to do that work. And I guess for all the reasons I just listed, it would be helpful. It would be smart to kind of like, meet some new people and cross pollinate some ideas. Do you, which is a separate feeling than, uh, I've got a incoming call. I need to pitch on something or I need to do this or that or whatever, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's funny. My like idea of burnout is like totally like orthogonal to that. Um, yeah. Cause I think of, like I love networking I love going to parties and events and mm-hmm. screen I mean what was the
1: last networking event you went to or
2: I went the DGA had like an annual meeting I went to on Saturday oh okay and I actually right. met um I, I ran into many people that have been on the podcast I hung out with Yoko and Maureen Barucha, and she was with like the whole all the Jimmy Kimmel directors mm-hmm. and I talked to this one guy there named Will who has been directing he's been on Jimmy Kimmel for 17 years straight mm-hmm. And he's a director, and I was like, yeah. "Whoa, like, like you must be set." He's like, "Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I have a job every single year. You know, they shoot for forty, mm-hmm. fifty weeks, however many weeks a year." He's like, "Every once in a while, I get to like take a little gig on the side here or there, but honestly, it's really hard." He's like, "I don't really know life outside of the Jimmy Kimmel ecosystem." Mm-hmm. Sure. And then I met these other Jimmy Kimmel directors that had left to do their own thing. And they were all like, hey, you know, if, if they need anyone, lo- let me know. Like, <laughs> sure. I'll, yeah. I'm happy to fill yeah. in for you if you need to yeah, take some time off. Yeah, the grass is always greener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it, one of the questions I asked a lot of directors that I was talking to yesterday was a, a super obvious question to ask. At like, um, I mean, there was literally like a thousand directors um, all mm-hmm. together there. And I would just ask them, like, so how do you get jobs? <laughs> um, because that's like the job of a director is basically mm-hmm. to get jobs. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. of a freelance director and you know most directors are freelancers even the ones like a Brenna Malloy who's been on the podcast who directs like a thousand episodes of the Chicago shows every year she still you know I'm I'm sure she gets offered a lot of things now but at some point like it still ebbs and flows right you go through the time where you have five things at once and you have to choose the one well
1: and the Kimmel example I think is a really good this it, it kind of It shows symbolizes what I'm talking about here, right? Like it's easy to be in a crew, not easy, but like once one is in a crew, whether it was college humor or Ellen or Kimmel or, or the Dick Wolf universe, right? You kind of, you're working with the same people and life is good, but then you look around and you realize, oh, if one of these franchises goes away or somebody retires or my main connects move on or whatever, um, then that, that opportunity is dried up. And so maybe you need to diversify a little bit, but you also need to be loyal to these people and you need to be available to them. I mean, it sort of happened with me and with at Ellen, you know, like Ellen went away. And so that springtime gig, mm-hmm, dried up right yeah and so like and everyone goes their separate ways and sometimes you get a f- phone call from your old friend from that company and sometimes you don't do you know what I mean and so I, I see what that Kimmel director was talking about because I'm, I'm sure that they've seen that many times they're like oh yeah I'm doing great right now but like what if Jimmy re- retires do I know enough people to stay to to maintain the standard of living that I've been maintaining yeah no. Have I saved enough? You know, all that stuff. right?
2: Yeah. As a freelancer in the entertainment industry, I think there's like, like three main stresses. I'm just saying these are off the top of my head, but one is, can I get a job doing this, you know, mm-hmm. to m- make money? Two is, uh, you know, can I be creatively satisfied? Like, am I growing myself as like an artist and like a filmmaker or actor, whatever you do. Um, And three, like, how can I, make enough money to be able to retire and all that stuff. Right. And, sure. and so the people that have the full-time jobs, like you don't have that daily stress of like, what's the next job. Right. It, so it's like mm-hmm. a whole, mm-hmm. a whole element of stress that's like removed from you. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I think that that's like a little bit part of the, the balance here and part of the stress and the, the burnout. But to rewind back to what I was saying, how I think about burnout, I I think of like when I first moved to L.A., I just worked nonstop. Um, and mm-hmm. this is an industry that very much rewards nonstop work. Like if I wasn't a, a dolly grip on set today, I was writing a script. If I was writing a script, I was shooting a script. If someone asked me to go work on their short film, I would go work on their short film. When I'd get home at night, I would edit and edit and edit. And then I'd shoot test videos and do all these different things. And I was just working like a hundred percent for myself. Like my entire day was dedicated to learning Mm -hmm. how to be a better filmmaker, meeting more people and just making things and making things and making things nonstop. So I could show people what I made. So maybe they would hire me. Um, And then, and at some point you just can't just keep going. And even like, you know, that last week I, I got two opportunities to pitch on things and I have, my treatments are both due tomorrow. And what is a treatment? A treatment can be anything. It can be three pages saying like, hey, I really like your script. Here are a couple of thoughts on how we can shoot mm-hmm. it. And here's a reference video. Done. You know, let me know if I got the job. Or it can be a 50-page presentation. Here's how the wardrobe is going to look. Here's how the music is going to be cut together. Here's a test video I made. And I do feel like when I make the test video, when I do the <laughs> Photoshop, the things.
1: When you put in the work, you tend to get a better result. Yes. Yeah.
2: But it's still not guaranteed. So... Like even this past weekend it was father's day it's a holiday Mm. today juneteenth it was you know saturday was all the birthday parties and all the regular things you have to do as like a parent Um, and i had to spend all i've been up till 2 a.m every single night for the last five nights working on my treatments and writing and pulling images and doing all the things because during the day i have to do all this family stuff and i'm just like so so tired and there's a very good chance that i won't get either one of these jobs that i'm like killing myself for and that's to me where like the burnout come like comes into play like at what point do you say to yourself like yeah this job is like not not worth it like i'd rather have a little less money Mm -hmm. and not fight for this job and it's tricky because when you're trying to get jobs it's not just for yourself it's for like your crew it's for the people that are finding you the opportunities and if you say no three or four times in a row, then they probably will Mm -hmm. stop coming to you. And that's the other freelancer fear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think also maybe, uh, the, the thing underneath all of that is that, and this is the commonality between where we both are. If you do bigger and better spots, and bigger and better in spots like your quote goes up your reel gets better it gets e- hypothetically it gets easier to book these jobs right and on my side oh i write another great screenplay my film goes to south by southwest and gets picked up and it is a you know you can watch it on netflix or whatever and like my profile raises maybe i pick up jobs get easier for me too right and it's the question becomes like when have we leveled up enough that we can relax or does that not exist and i think it doesn't exist yeah and
2: i've kind of started thinking more and more that it doesn't exist recently when i'm pitching against directors that are kind of famous or like i feel like i'm fans of their work i'm like oh this person directed this like amazing documentary Mm -hmm. that was at sundance seven years ago Yeah, yeah and everyone's like yep What's he done since then?
1: <laughs> sure. Did you, I, did you see Guillermo del Toro had a uh, tweet about how directing is eating shit sandwiches? <laughs> or sandwich me. of shit, he phrased it as? No. He was like, yeah, it gets a little easier. You get a little more bread the more successful you get. But I had five projects that were rejected this this year.
2: I mean, J.J. Abrams had a job like that got canceled like after pre-production sure. this year. so you can delegate some things a little bit more and you can bring on like a great concept artist, you know, and a great treatment designer and a great image puller, but you still have to write everything yourself. You still have to like be invested in the projects and you know, so yeah, you can never phone
1: it in. Yeah.
2: I think, um, I don't think it gets easy. And I think as we get older, all those like, swings for the home run like you said you know you can work on your movie and get into south by and do all these things like none of that is guaranteed you can work on your movie for 10 mm-hmm. years and not get into south by right yeah and or, or and
1: worse than that get into south by and nothing you happens. know make you know i have an mg like it goes really well you make 20 or thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> right 50, let's say let's say you made a hundred thousand dollars, which is like a moderate success. That's a movie you've heard of. I know plenty of people whose movies we've seen and love didn't make that much money. Made made way 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 less, mm. and then nothing happens. Yeah, like it's not even like oh, absolute failure. <laughs> it's like oh no, like a decent like just not a not everything everywhere all at once. Right, like like just a moderate bona fide success is still an investment in your career rather than a check you can really cash yeah you know it's
2: funny on making movies is hard liz and Ulrich were talking about how they were trying to they're both trying to get their next movies off the ground and how they people are like oh you've only directed one movie oh you've only directed two movies like we don't know if you're like ready to handle this next bigger movie <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and yeah yeah first of all that's like a ridiculous thing to say but also it it really doesn't matter like what you've done in the past. Like, it just matters. Like if people are excited about you right now and it's hard as we get older to, to be the exciting person at every turn, you know, compared to new young, exciting people. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, um, and this maybe is the perfect segue. I I think that young versus new, like versus, you know, the stalwart, I think it's, you just have to inspire confidence in people. And the way that we often inspire confidence in people is by being the most committed and the most on top of it and the most knowledgeable and the most experienced and the most thorough. So that for you means a 60 page deck with a concept video and uh, incredible jokes and super rich imagery that could mean being the most networked up person in the room who knows everyone and can connect everyone. Um, that can mean, uh, the best writer who's like been on the nickels for five, uh, straight screenplays in a row, you know? So whether that's, a, there's a, lots of different ways to do it, but what we're really saying is that it just takes an intense amount of drive and time. And we are not lacking in drive, but we are lacking in time and we are, interested in living our lives outside of film in a way that we hadn't been before right we, and the drive is the problem right like if we just didn't have drive we could just go get another job and move to a cheaper city and be fine yeah and it's
2: funny so, we, we talked about this I, I might have mentioned it before but like both you and i both when we got our houses we basically like you find all of a sudden, you know, in these projects around your house, like we built a rental unit, you just redid a bunch of things in your yard, um, that that is giving you more like creative satisfaction sometimes Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. going to this drinks thing or, you know, writing a screenplay. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, like, I took three months off of like filmmaking basically to like work on my house. Um, And it was incredibly satisfying. And so like you're saying at some point you realize that there's more to life than just fighting so hard to get like your short film made to get into that film mm-hmm. festival.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And I think this segues into our next topic of what we do to manage things. Right. So it's, it's not just that I want to live my life and then, you know, make my yard more amenable to my family and friends. Um, specifically, I had like a kind of a big project that we had been talking about literally since we moved in. Um, and I realized midway through, you know, had multiple steps. I had to go, I built a, a cowboy tub. We don't get in, need to get into the weeds on it, but like I had to go pick up a stock tank from a tractor supply place. I had to download schematics. I had to go to Home Depot 35 times. I had to buy some power tools. I had to research those tools. It, it was a lot of, it, it wasn't just like a weekend warrior quick thing you know that you can kind of wing you had to really plan it um and i remember very distinctly going to pick up the the main part which you know again you have to kind of not special order but it's a thing i had to go rent a truck and all this stuff and i realized that the high that i get off of putting together a plan set, setting an intention putting together a plan executing that plan all of which is what filmmaking is. We wouldn't have careers if we weren't chasing that feeling. Producing. I produced my backyard. And I'm sure every filmmaker who like, gets into the weeds on things, they, they can relate. But that, that was the high that I was chasing. And I think the, the further in your career you get, the less control you have over whether or not you win the job. You could write a great 50-page treatment or a Nichols finalist screenplay. But the stakes are so high that you can't just manifest it. You can't just go do it. You can't just shoot it. Right? And so I just needed that taste. I just needed to be like reminded that I'm good at making plans and doing the thing and putting in the work, the sweat equity, and to just like enjoy it. We enjoyed it this last weekend. That's how I got my sunburn and like you just kind of sometimes you need those li- it's, it's the same as shooting a short film or writing a spec or shooting a tiktok you need those small bites sometimes because we're trying to you know you need a cupcake if you want to bake a wedding cake every once in a while because you need to be reminded of what it tastes like to eat frosting and cake together at the same time just to keep you interested you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah I think what
2: this next section we're supposed to talk about, like how we're dealing with this burnout. Right. And I guess, mm-hmm. are you saying doing that was another one creative project aside from.
1: Another creative project, but specifically with some of the tools that we use as filmmakers, I think it was, was surprisingly gratifying and unintentional, frankly.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think if you have projects where it's very easy to measure your progress hmm they're great mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of the you know like for those of us that are writing and pitching and trying to get jobs that aren't Just guaranteed open-end amorphous yeah yeah i think like the other things that i try to do to tackle burnout the most obvious one which for some reason is incredibly hard for us creative types is to
1: say no right mm-hmm. <laughs> to well the, the reason is very clear it's fomo right if I say no, what if that job could have led to a canned line? What if that job could have led to $100,000? What if that job could have led to being perfect for my reel for the next big job? You say no, and all of a sudden you've missed six Super Bowl spots in a row and an Oscar, right? Yeah,
2: I have a problem, which I feel like I need to give people a reason. Um, mm-hmm. Like actually someone mm-hmm. someone that listens to our podcast uh was say what just contacted me on LinkedIn and was like, Hey, and I, I didn't really know who it was. And they're like, Hey, uh, Oren, uh, great to, to find you on here. Like I, I'd love to schedule some time mm-hmm. to chat with you. And I looked them up and they had like a background in advertising. And I was like, Oh, is this like a creative director or something that wants to like potentially mm-hmm. consider hiring me or put me up for some job. And then I was like, Oh sure. What, what is this about? <laughs> And they're like, Oh, I heard on your podcast that you, uh, you know, we're talking about pitching and I'd love to pick your brain on how to pitch better or something. Uh And I was like, uh, okay. I don't just like every podcast listener ever, like spend 30 to 45 minutes (laughs) talking to them about what they want to do in their life. I just, I I have to say No. And I was That's start- why we have a podcast. That's literally why. Yeah. And I was starting to like write my response of like, why not? And then I just, I just never, never respond because yeah. uh, like, I feel bad. I'm, I'm just like a very guilty no-sayer. But anyway, I do believe mm-hmm. just saying like, Hey, I'm not busy or I'm not available. Is important. On the other hand, if someone is offering me a job, I, I used to be very afraid that like other jobs are, might come up and being offered mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like my philosophy now that I've learned from other people, is you just say yes to every single thing until you're booked, you know? Like mm-hmm. if 10 people offer you a job for next weekend, you just say, sure. And then once like the job is 100%, that's when you deal with the other jobs. But nine out of 10 times, the other jobs will go away or reshuffle or dates will change or whatever. So anyway, that's not at all answering the burnout issue. But, um, but, it, but it's, it's related for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's why I think we we live in this place where we are just afraid to miss opportunities and we're afraid to like level up. And we've all been at the right place at the right time and turned something down that ended up being Mm -hmm. like a huge Mm -hmm. opportunity
1: that we missed out on. Well, And just circling back to that point, I think that look that comparison, it's easy to look back and be like, well shoot, uh, I would have been on key and peel and then I would have gotten movies and this and that, if that had happened. But the truth is, it's like, The material has to spark for you the way it did for them in order for the director to bring it to life in order for it to catch the attention of decision makers in order for it to get you a tv show do you know what i mean and so like if you're like whatever i don't get this sketch that's okay like you can say no because the the material doesn't work for you I, i can't think of how many times i've been like i don't know if this is funny or not and then you pitch something that's counter to their take and then you see it later and you're like oh now i get it they were the right person for the job and this is funny but it wasn't for me and like it's that's hard that's hard but i think that in in trying to process what i'm feeling and what i'm motivated by um being reminded that like i think you and i are really money oriented right now because of family and all of the stresses of wanting to you know send our kids to college and retire and all that stuff you just immediately you see it you see your future you see the next 20 years pretty quickly i just re i watched father of the bride last night and that's what that whole movie is about is like oh i'm standing at the precipice of an of being old mm-hmm. and my kid was you know a dot like a, a little girl It felt like five minutes ago and now here we are. Right. So that's what just, we're we're at the other end of that spectrum thinking about all of that stuff. But um, if you can follow your interest and passion and chase the projects that are creatively exciting to you, that tends to historically, that's really paid off for me. And I think for you too. Right. And again, (laughs) the problem is it's like okay we got to make a living and then also do all of the other things to um to cultivate that the the opportunities to shoot sketch videos for free that could become tv shows or the short film or the proof of concept or all that stuff and so here we are talking in circles yeah back at the beginning so um we had a few recommendations for people
2: yeah and i think this one was not on our list but i I'm going to sure. propose it hip shot is try to, especially when you're like single and work a ho- you know, living mm-hmm. with roommates and just moved to uh-huh. LA or whatever, and just mm-hmm. getting into the business, especially when you're young. And this is advice people gave me that I did not take, like try to think of your financial future a little bit in mm-hmm. a way where like if you're making good <laughs> mm-hmm. money, don't you know? Maybe try to save, save some money. Yeah. Invest some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put some yeah, away. Really try smart. to invest in real estate. Try to do whatever you can to. So, or and I didn't do away. any
1: of that. You're you're better at money than I am. Um, did you do any of that when you were young? And if not, because I think the the answer was kind of mostly no, right? Why didn't you? Well,
2: so when I was young. I just believed that I should gamble on myself. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, when when I, I think I've told the story before, but when I, I was an engineer, my my idea was as soon as I get one hundred thousand dollars in my bank account, I'm going to quit being an engineer and then I'm going to move to L.A. and I won't be able to I, I'll be able to just work and learn and work for free and not mm-hmm. rely on like not need to get a
1: retail job or something. Mm-hmm. Because I'll mm-hmm. I'll be able to you know, have a, a a nice little bankroll and if you're not making a ton of money but you're still making some you could be okay for a while. Yeah. yeah. And so I moved to
2: LA. I sold all my stock options at the company I worked at, which literally would have been like I think I sold the stock when it was worth like thirty dollars and it's worth like four hundred dollars now or something. I would have, you know, yeah, yeah. made like a yeah. million dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um but uh and then I just kind of started burning through it. Not, you know, I wasn't like partying mm. or anything, but uh i i did that and then when i started getting work again getting paid i as soon as i hit a hundred thousand dollars again i put it into a feature film um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Uh,
1: the the short answer i was trying to lead you to something that you've said to me before and the the, it stuck with me because i relate you think you're going to be rich yeah you
2: think yeah hey and everyone's like Make stuff, go make a movie, make a short, mm-hmm, make this, mm-hmm, make that, mm-hmm.
1: buy a camera, get your own gear, just shoot it, all that stuff. And, and to be fair to us, mm-hmm. when we were children, if you were a working director, you were pretty rich, you know? Yeah. You had a, yeah. It was, yeah. It was a pretty cushy it lifestyle. Was a, a very comfortable lifestyle, for sure. Like, if you were a working commercial director, TV director, film feature film director you were you were making very good money yeah and there there were way less of them too there were way fewer of them that's true yeah yeah um that's totally true but also like if you're like okay well i'm all in on being a director but the payout is gonna be again i wasn't into it to be rich but like you felt like oh well you'll make if you if you get there you'd make a lot of money, and. to be fair to us i think like we got there sort of a version of it at least and do do all right but but not not enough to have paid yourself back that
0: one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
1: nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt
0: until you tried it on same goes for your health care
2: It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
1: At retirement savings, you were planning to hit in your 20s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when all my engineer friends were just pumping
2: money into, like, 401ks and IRAs Mm -hmm. and savings accounts... Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, why would I put money into some, into like an account that I can't get like access until I'm 65 when I can put it into Mm -hmm. like a movie, win Mm -hmm. Sundance, then make Mm -hmm. millions of dollars when I'm 25, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I always, I just kind of gambled on myself and yeah. And so now, yeah, I think we're, we're both do fine. We have families in LA and houses and whatever, but we are still
1: stress in a way that those guys yeah i getting yeah.
2: the next job you know yeah
1: instead of in the a next sense we're still yacht. paycheck to paycheck yeah 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 in a way yeah. yeah and to be fair i don't need a yacht that's not what like sure it'd be nice may i have your like, yacht yes yes you may have my yacht but like but we're, we're not talking about yachts we're talking about yeah private college funds (laughs) we're talking about yeah sure private school that's really what we're talking about we're talking about like ah wouldn't it be nice to be able to send your kid to the best schools yeah either right yeah or like living in a neighborhood where the schools are really good like yeah like
2: a Pasadena of sorts (laughs)
1: yeah yeah exactly uh Uh, and and that just for everybody at home that is a privileged thought right but I guess the frustration is like whatever you know, you, you you put in the work to to be at a certain level, and then that yeah, that, that level changes. Paycheck that level changes. Yeah, that that's hard. So that's first piece of advice, yeah, yeah,
2: is that uh, don't don't gamble on yourself. Do put you know make your own short yeah. film, but there's no reason to take uh you know ten years of life savings and dump it into your first feature film, which probably won't be that great. <laughs> uh yeah. and uh yeah i mean and who knows like maybe if i would have never made that movie i wouldn't
1: have gotten the next I, yeah. job and like i'm not I, saying I, it's a waste i would of argue money, actually i would argue your feature film being a perfect example like i don't think you have your career without doing that actually i'm pretty certain you don't i mean it definitely helped in
2: some way and i, I learned a ton and it, it actually you know i ended up making like yeah. like half my investment well, back too so yeah yeah yeah, yeah it wasn't so bad. yeah it wasn't a, a, a
1: huge zero but um uh i think the, yeah i i guess maybe what I, I would correct your statement with like i think you should gamble on yourself but like don't spend money you don't have and don't stop saving or investing in your future as well right like uh if you're in a position where you can make and save $100,000, still put some of that money into the IR. Maybe if you'd put $50,000 into your feature instead or like made a $10,000 awesome short, maybe that would have been a smarter move. I don't know. But yeah. you still have to, you still have to work for free. You still have to build your career. You still have to make those features. And also, frankly, the timing is different. Like you shot that movie on film. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a different deal now, right? Yeah, it was shot on Red 1. Oh, pardon me. Red 1. <laughs> the red mx no pre-red anyway. mx red one. Oh
2: really yeah oh man piece of advice number two mm-hmm. to avoid burnout is all these pieces of advice i've never taken but figure out the type of stuff you want to make and basically say no to the type of work that you don't want that you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you, you we're talking about boundaries here right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. like uh, creative boundaries i guess like if you don't want to be making like talking head interviews for eBay, mm-hmm. then don't, you know, if you have a job two days here, three days there and make a bunch of money, take it. If mm-hmm. it, someone's like, Hey, six months, come here and work on these eBay interviews. Um, and what you want to do is like Tarantino style yeah. action films. Then just, just start as soon as you can to work on the things that you're excited to make.
1: Yeah. I, I think the, uh, a little bit of a caveat there, right? Like, you have to be aware that, look, if your day job becomes shooting interviews for eBay, look, everyone's got to make a living, but uh, but you don't put that on your website, and you have to know that the only phone calls you're going to get, emails you're going to get, from the people who make those eBay videos, is for more eBay videos. You are you are pigeonholed there, and so if you want to, if that's not your passion, but you still need to make money you have to find another way to show people the things you actually want to be making. And maybe that means that you have to pour some of that money into a spec or a feature or whatever to show that off. But you can't, you can't hope that the day job is going to turn into anything besides more day job. Yeah. And I think, right. Yeah. And as it
2: returns to burn or as it relates to burnout, The sooner you realize you you can get work, you can get paid doing the stuff you love, the less you have to do what you love and all these things that you don't love Mm -hmm. that also stress Mm -hmm. you out at the same time Yeah,
1: that will lead to that burnout. And it brings back Orrin's point of like, do it while you're young. I think, you know, I think there are probably plenty of middle-aged listeners at home who are like, oh boy, I hate this. Um, And (laughs) we're talking about it because we're both middle-aged guys at this point. Uh, I'm technically, you're officially, no, no, no I'm te- teasing. Um, I'm, we're both technically, uh, for the record, everyone. Anyway, the point is that when I had my job at Comedy Central, I would still work nights and weekends shooting the stuff I wanted to be shooting. And that's what launched my career. Same thing with you, with quitting your job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that m- makes me feel burnt out is not the work that I'm doing right now. It's that FOMO of knowing that I need to be working on my feature, that I need to be banking hours and all of the other things. Like I've let my commercial career dry up and need to kind of revitalize that. And that's, that's what's stressing me out. Do you know what I mean? Because I've seen the future, I know what the people who just do my job look like in 20 years. You know, it's a bummer, it's a bummer. It's the drive that's poisoning us, Orin. That's the problem. Yeah.
2: The constant disappointment with what we're doing right now. Yeah. And seeing other people and wanting to do what they're doing.
1: Uh, I wonder what a therapist would say about all this. (laughs) Won't find out. Busy podcasting. (laughs) Um. Yeah. This is the therapy (laughs) session.
2: I think in another way, we're just kind of saying to prioritize, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. do the things you have to do for money, do the things that Mm -hmm. you are doing because you love doing them and you want to do them. And I've talked about my website a bazillion times, but advice I got was like, take everything off my website that I don't want to be doing. Only leave the things on there that that I want to do. And that's helped me a lot to start focusing on Mm -hmm. work that is related to,
1: to what I want to do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's all a version of tell people what you want to do. You we're talking about manifesting a little bit as well, really. Yeah. And and hopefully but, but not the woo-woo yeah. version of it, just like the the practical version of it. Yeah. And the hope is that like yeah. if you do stuff you love that
2: it doesn't burn you out as much, right? Right. Hopefully. Or or leads to um a little bit more of what you want to do. Yeah. And also maybe people will stop calling you for the stuff you don't love because you've told them no a few times. I I mean, have you ever had a phase where you're like, hey, thank you so much for calling me to do this? Thing this kids mm-hmm, toy mm-hmm. playing video, or whatever. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. But
2: that's not really what I do. Have you ever had that conversation where you I, basically I've had told a, people I've had a not different to call version you?
1: Version of it. I've had a ver- different version of it because I recognized that it's not. It's like people will only call you for the things they associate you with, right? And so every time I met a new company that it was a chance to redefine myself. But all of that started with quitting comedy central. Like if, if every time I met a company and was like, Hey, I'm a director who also does development or whatever, or like they meet me through comedy central, they don't call me to direct. They call me for help developing something or whatever, or they don't, frankly, they don't call me because I've got a job and I'm elsewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I quit so that I could be like, hey, I'm a director and didn't go back to Comedy Central for literally like five, six years when I had a real body of work to be like, hey, yeah, you know, I'd love to do something together. But like I knew that they wouldn't think of me as anything besides what they knew me as until I'd really proven. And, and keep in mind, I was directing, I was making money on the side and was winning awards as a director while I was there. Right, but that wasn't my job, and so they didn't. Like I would literally like be more qualified than lots of frankly good directors, but like who weren't in the building, and they would ask those people instead of me because they thought of me as one thing, and the those outsiders as specialists Mm -hmm. as people who were really great at the thing that they were looking for. Yeah, totally. So yes. In, in a sense, <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, I'm not doing anything like this anymore. Yeah. Well, the last
2: piece of advice that we wrote here on our list was to surrender. <laughs> um, well, There's reassess. We skipped reassess. Is reassess not
1: like the same Reass- as kind of turning things down? No, it's slightly different. So reassess is like, do you really want this? Oh, right. Is this who you want to be? Is this who you want to be right and so i think you know you when you start filmmaking you you have ideas of what you want to be right or and you you when you quit your your job Mm -hmm. it was you didn't say okay i've got a hundred thousand dollars i'm going to make 15 awesome spec commercials and i'm going to launch my commercial directing career right you made a feature right and then along the way you reassessed and you said oh I don't want to do that anymore or not. That's not my main focus, right? You still are up for features and stuff and you know, um, but your main focus became commercials, right? You reassessed and said, I'm going to become, you're a commercial nerd. You you can name all of the different houses and you know, people all over the place and you know, you care about commercials. You're invested in commercials, right? And that wasn't where you were when you started. Right. And kind of, I was like a web series nerd. I had seen every single web video for I don't know seven years probably I don't know yeah I thought it was the future of of entertainment independent film entertainment yeah entertainment exactly I thought oh like the creators will own their own stuff and blah blah blah
2: and then Mm. you you
1: know you, you kind of you grow and you change and so every once in a while you need to say is this the thing I want to be focusing on do I want to keep making independent features do I want to keep making commercials do i keep on making youtube channels whatever it whatever that version is you know and so that's a thing basically you got to think about right yeah i met this actor when i first moved to la that was
2: like the most exciting actor i've ever he first saw he was like super cool he had like this james dean vibe and he was in all these indie films and horror films and he was at, had a movie at sundance and a movie at um cine vegas mm-hmm. which was like mm-hmm. trevor roth the sundance guys film festival in vegas and and he told me, like, I gave him a ride somewhere and he was like, yeah, man. I was like, how's that? How's acting? It's like, you know, acting's fine. But like being an actor is really just about auditioning. He's like, if you don't love auditioning, it doesn't matter if you're, <laughs> if you're a good actor or a bad actor, because that's not the job is basically auditioning. And like, I love auditioning and that's why I, I love this life. Um, And yeah, uh, he, he was telling me that at the same time, I'd read this article about like, people who dream of owning their own restaurant or owning a Mm -hmm. bookshop and how they want to own a restaurant because they love eating at restaurants and they Mm -hmm. want to own a bookshop because they love reading books. But really owning a bookshop is about like hard, like hard to find labor, like worrying Mm -hmm. about, you know, Mm -hmm. people not stealing from you, like shoplifters, all these things. Payroll, you should have gone to business school, not, you shouldn't have been an English major. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, so it's really like, what's the day to day, you know, of directing a feature. And, you know, we know like, you look at a, um, Terrence Malick or someone that makes a sure. feature every 10 years. Like yeah, the day-to-day yeah. of directing a feat of, of Terrence Malick's work is not hanging out with Brad Pitt
1: on set. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's sure. the reward every 10 years. My, my wife has a similar anecdote, actually, that she repeats all the time. She started acting when she was a little girl. And she, I, she tells a story about going to the first premiere or the the first movie she was ever in was at the Man's Chinese Theater. It was kind of like, you know, the premiere the way we all imagined premieres would be. There was a red carpet and press and all that stuff. And that's what you think is going to be the thing, the reward. And she, she had a fine time. Do you know what I mean? She picked mm-hmm. out her outfit. She was excited. She got her picture taken. But like, I don't really like that. She doesn't re- really actually like that. Like now we appreciate them a little bit more because it's like our peers and friends. And yeah, all that. So, oh, I love a good premiere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <a> good <laughs> premiere is fun, but it's not the work is the thing that's fun. The work is the thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and and you realize if you to your point, like if the job is auditioning, if the job is pitching, waking up uh, pitching, writing, waking up at by five every morning, what, right, exactly. Like you have to <laughs> have to like that part. Which kind of really brings us to the, the third note, the third idea, uh, which is surrender, right? So like, if you know that that's the thing you like, and if you know that this is a hyper competitive job, and you've said to yourself, do I still want to do this? And the answer is yes. Then you gotta surrender to it and be like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm going to note a video. I'm going to note a spot while I'm on vacation or I'm whatever it is, or I'm going to wake up at five every morning to put in those pages before my day starts. What I've been thinking about. And be okay with it. You know? Yeah. What I've been thinking about lately is
2: the question of whether burnout is a 100% mental thing like is is that when you think of burning you know you're burnt out
1: it's a good question yeah
2: is it because you have so many things to do you have more things to do than time to do them Mm -hmm. or is it because all you can think about is how many things you have to do and how little time you Mm -hmm. have to do them and how you've wasted so much time uh to get them done like when i have to write a treatment it takes me like three days to just start writing and i hate myself i'm like Okay, I'm going to take these next three hours and hold on, I'm going to read this one article, this article, eat this food, take this trash out, and then
1: it's like the kid's up and I'm done. There is a a physical limitation that we are all dealing with that frankly gets worse the older you get, right? Like I used to tell stories about how I would wake up at 5.30 every morning to write before I went into work, and I would love to do that now, but um, that would mean I'd have to go to bed at like 9.30 to really be... Mm-hmm. any sort of version of a person you know like right i don't know how you're doing you you go you sleep from 2 a.m to 6 a.m 7 a.m
2: yeah uh, yeah i'm like one thirty hours? one thirty to yeah. six thirty maybe yeah yeah i i and i can't like literally today like no one was up i went to sleep really relatively early for me last night which was twelve thirty,
1: mm-hmm. and this morning at like 6 a.m i was like why is <laughs> eyes wide open yeah yeah i i can't I can't, if I'm not hitting up like seven, six and a half hours, I just can't do it anymore. The way I used to thrive at six, I used to be like, that was my sweet spot and, and was a competitive edge, frankly. Like the people who, speaking of drive being helpful, the people who didn't do that, didn't have screenplays, didn't have web series, didn't have that stuff while they were working day jobs, right? And some people stay up late, I wake up early, whatever. Tomato, tomato, I think that there is a physical aspect to it, but the flip side is the reason I took this job is because I, when I was in between things, I was out with my daughter to going to the park and all I could think about was where that next paycheck was going to come from because we have responsibilities now in a way that I, I didn't four years ago. And so I wasn't present. I wasn't doing good creative work and I wasn't being a good partner or father or friend. And so that that's why I decided to make a change.
2: And do you feel like you're thinking about your full-time
1: job now in your off hours? I certainly am. Yeah, certainly because it, I, I know that I can't, Partially commit. You know, I'm, I'm always all in. However, this job is manageable in a way that freelance work is all consuming because you're either thinking about what you're going to pitch or pitching or worried about why you're not pitching. Right. Yeah. And it- At least for me. I just, I, li- I literally just didn't have the, like, the mental... And also, look, reservoirs weren't there. You know, like, yeah, no, you know, it's, it's I needed stressful. cash, right? And I was just like, oh God. Well, you know, yeah, I asked that question about whether it's all mental,
2: because like yesterday we were out at the Americana. We were at Barnes mm-hmm. and Noble. I was with my kids. My mm-hmm. wife was mm-hmm. doing something at Nordstrom. It's Father's Day. We just saw Elemental mm-hmm. at the movie theater together, mm-hmm. and it was a gr- you know good day. And I had mm-hmm. had this treatment too, but. It was off with like the treat like we hired a treatment designer so i wrote everything kind of pulled a bunch of Mm -hmm. images and he was going to put it all together and he sent me his first draft and i looked at it on my phone barnes and noble after he'd worked Mm -hmm. on it for two days and i was like oh my goodness this is so so far from where it needs to be like the aspect ratio is all wrong the type typography is all wrong the image selection's all wrong the colors are all wrong the like i Mm -hmm. i I didn't like. You hated I, it. I, yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 In uh, in other um, words, I was not a big fan. And we were going to go have dinner together and everything. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all I could think about is like, I need to go home and I need mm-hmm, to start like, sending notes. I can't and believe mm-hmm. he went with Cooper STD, Cooper Standard instead I of Bold. He, were, he was like using Helvetica New, which is like a fine font, but it was like doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, i was teasing you about that
1: and you just doubled down on it um, <laughs> no yeah. Yeah, yeah of course i um, yeah, You care about fonts i know it. that's um <laughs> i'm roasting you for it a little bit well i thought i don't know yeah. cooper std yeah. would have been better that's all i'm saying um <laughs> it must be cooper cooper standard i've never said it out loud yeah. before but std must be standard right you know, or
2: standard way. Uh, something else std stands for some other things man.
1: sorry cooper um
2: anyway so uh I was like, Kara, my wife's like, so where should we go to dinner? What are you in the mood for? And I was like, Mm -hmm. honestly, like, and it was father's day. So I had a little, a little leeway Mm -hmm. to make some, give my opinion and like do the thing I want to do. And I was like, the thing that would make me happiest right now is just going home. You figuring out dinner with the kids and me just fixing this freaking treatment so that it's ready Mm -hmm. in time Mm -hmm. before we go on our Mm -hmm. trip. Um, and as I was like having these thoughts in the bookstore and like just so stressed mm-hmm, out about mm-hmm. it. And I was like, and your kids are like, I want this stuffy and those are like, kids were yeah. jumping down the 14 escalators yeah, yeah. they have there. Um, yeah, yeah. and I was like, I could choose to not worry about this until mm-hmm. I, after dinner, until I get home. Like I could choose to go have a nice dinner with the family and go home, but then it'll be like 11 PM before I sit down and then I'm going to be up till four in the morning, like mm-hmm. figuring out this treatment. And that's stress. So I, I just like, And
1: I think Jordan Brady would say, stay up till four, which you would, you would, if you, if it didn't obliterate you for the next day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My, so my friend, Nick Hill,
2: he's an editor and, you know, Mm -hmm. he's one of the owners of sawhorse and stuff. We would get these jobs. We, it would be like 5. PM and we'd send out an edit and we'd be like, that's it. We're done. Great. It's amazing. This edit is so good or whatever. And literally we'd be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. we're getting drinks. We're coming at 5.35. Yeah. Yeah As we're, like, mm-hmm. packing things up, we'd get an email. Or, I mean, I mean, it's probably, like, more like 7 p.m. We send it off. And 7.35, mm-hmm. we get this email. It's like, hey, this is all wrong. Like, you got to do this and this. You're missing this. You got to put together this whole sequence and this thing. And, like, you're still going to have it done to, to it for us by tomorrow morning, right? And I would freak out. I'd be like, what? Just, we got to come. We got to tell them we can't do this. Like, we got to this. Mm-hmm. Like, how to And mm-hmm. I'd, like, start you know, composing the email and talking to the mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. producer and all the people like, how are we going to do like, this is crazy. And just like, so mad. And literally in all that time, like Nick was just like, fixed it. He didn't yeah. fix it. It wasn't, they were all like, I wouldn't freaked out about something you can fix in like five minutes, but he would just, there, uh, there's a hundred things to do. He'd be like four things right. in now. He's yep. five things in, you know? Yep. And yep. I'm like, how are you not freaking out right now? Like, this is going to take us six hours. He's like, okay,
1: <laughs> we're like okay so we'll <laughs> yeah, just yeah. work
2: on it for six hours it's like yeah, yeah
1: what else are we gonna do <laughs> well and and so uh, the difference uh, uh, an important difference between you and nick in that circumstance is that one of you owns the company and one of you is a freelancer with the company and so you're both making some sort of money right but one of you is investing in in the wealth and longevity of their business. And one of you is investing in the longevity and wealth of your career. And those are different propositions. You know what I mean? Yeah. But
2: I saw him do it on like, we would be doing favors for people like, Hey, come work Mm -hmm. on this Mm -hmm. thing for me. And he was just, he was never intimidated by the amount of work, you know? Mm -hmm. And me, all I think about is like, how long is this going to take me? How much work, how many things, you know? And like, so I do wonder if like burnout and surrender and what Jordan Brady says, which is like when I asked him, like, don't you freak out when you have this, you find out you have something mm-hmm. to do tomorrow morning. You're going to be up all night. And he's, that would say like, yeah, so you work up
1: all night. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that brings me maybe back to my original thought, the, the origination of where this came from is them um, as a, as a leader, as a boss, as a, as a person who's trying to kind of observe all of the different ways that people deal with stress, I have people on my team that react the same way that you do, and I have people on my team who are very zen about it and everything in between, right? And so the question becomes... It's not just like, oh, do you have a disposition that works in this field or not? I don't, I kind of reject that as a, as an idea, right? Like you're doing great. Nick's doing great. And you both have figured out how, but, but how can you guide people to, um, the balance that we're talking about is the thing that I was just, um, obsessed with. So I feel like we outlined a a good number of things. I don't know that I, um have a prescription for every single person on my team or for myself. But I feel closer. I feel better. Yeah. And I do think as annoying as this answer is,
2: it's like different for each person and you really, you know, like burnout is bad, I guess, because it means you're just like can't handle the workload anymore. But Mm -hmm. it might mean you just need to take a day off and then get back to it. Or it might mean you need to change your career (laughs) Mm-hmm. Or
1: leave your family. <laughs> I, I think for you, Oren, I think it is mostly mental. I've, I've been roasting you about what I've, I'm calling the Kaplan combo.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Complaining <laughs> about not having work and having too much work at the same time. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> yeah. I just... It, I mean, my big beef in this entire industry, and I really don't think there's a solution. I think like if you want to work in this industry, you have to deal with it. But my big beef is... All the free work, the free work that you need sure. to do in order to get ahead, and just the zero guarantees of any any return on your free work, yeah. whether it's like writing your feature film, whether it's making your WeFunder Funder campaign, mm-hmm. or pitching on a commercial, or working on your reel, shooting a spec, mm-hmm. helping somebody else in hopes that they'll hire you, like it's just this whole industry. The only reason. It even exists is because there are tens of thousands of people willing to do unlimited
1: amounts of free work just for the opportunity to be in it. Well, you remind me of when I first was starting and I was making web series. I was very explicit with what the goal was, and that goal was to build a calling card. It was not to make the money back. It was not. It was just I'm going to make a calling card for myself and the people who are working with me. And that was that was the only goal, and it worked out. Everybody across the board, everyone's careers got better, for yeah. sure. But by the way, that web series could have not been well received,
2: and then sure it would have sure no guarantees, yeah, no guarantees. But
1: to my point before of like chasing the passion project, chasing the the art, the dream. But I also still had a day job, and so did everyone else. It was very explicit of like, hey, because some people worked for free. Some people, none of them were making a living doing this. And so it was, it was nice and clear. And I guess what our problem is that if you're hoping to make a living off of feature films with no guarantee, that's a lot harder than hoping to make a good movie that you stand behind and premiere somewhere good, right? yeah so save
2: some money folks
1: (laughs) yeah save money get your money straight save some money uh and it'll all work out some rich parents yeah sure that's true too that's another way to do it you know find fulfillment where it lives where you are you know maybe that's the way to do it who knows we haven't figured it out (laughs) but pretty close we're pretty close. Yeah. Uh,
2: anyway, uh, on that note. Yeah. We'd love yeah. to know what you all think about burnout. Contact me on LinkedIn. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or just email us at just shoot at gmail dot We'd love to hear from you. Maybe we'll respond to you. Maybe we won't. No, but, but we'll, we'll read it for sure. Email us just shoot it pod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you balance your work and your life. With that said, you got a second to endorse something? Yeah, buddy.
1: Unpaid endorsements. I'll kick it off with an endorsement that I uh, endorse wholeheartedly and that you would love and will certainly ignore. Um, and that is the film Paper Moon. Um, we watched we watched a, a number of movies in the backyard uh, over Father's Day weekend. We watched uh, Three Men and a Baby, Paper Moon and Father of the Bride. Paper Moon was by far my favorite. I'd call it a full blown masterpiece. Peter Bogdanovich, um, coming, uh, you know, kind of at the height of his powers, a a black and white comedy about, uh, a daughter or a presumed daughter and her father kind of grifting their way across Kansas, um, in the depression. And it is so funny. It is so charming. Um, it's like a little loosey goosey, like a little stream of consciousness. like, you know, it's not um super super plot oriented but uh it's really really awesome tatum o'neill and ryan o'neill uh tatum won the oscar she's the youngest uh, oscar winner of all time still um they are father and daughter in the movie and uh, in real life she's incredible in it but she's i think so funny. you know, they had like a falling out or something right after that movie I and did like not never spoke again or something never spoke again well something boy like oh boy i need to read up on my um paper moon history but the movie's really great it's really really fun yeah um and you oren you would really like it and um will probably ignore me no i've seen it one paper moon have like you a seen classic it? movie yeah yeah i know man i'd never seen it
2: oh really yeah Yeah. Oh. uh what do i got i'm gonna have i talked about all the hacks that podcast i think you have so they keep going that's okay double down is there a new episode yeah an episode just came out where he does listener questions and listener comments and it's i think i might have mentioned this but like recently i've been trying to like get like the credit card points to help me with Mm -hmm. so i've been trying to go on more vacations because Mm -hmm. like matt has mentioned a hundred times covid is in the rearview mirror um and so and connected to burnout like we're trying to Take some time away from work on occasion. But it's even more stressful when that time away from work is like $10,000 while you're not making any money, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. to take your whole family on some trip. So I'm trying to like, you know, whenever I spend money is to somehow make that money work. So there's work for you. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So he his podcast is basically just about optimizing like these hacks so you know he's like if you've got the chase sapphire credit card which is like mm-hmm. kind of the one of the most popular ones for people that care about credit card points mm-hmm. uh you know like he 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 people write into him and they tell him like the hacks they did so they're like i had my chase sapphire i went to points Not me i got like a first class ticket for fifty thousand points and it should have been you know it was like twenty five hundred dollars so i've saved this much and he just kind of like if you listen to it you just start like hearing about general awareness yeah and about websites and he'll you you know like something i never ever thought about is like i would get these emails from my credit card saying like hey you're gonna get three percent back on dining now or Mm -hmm, five times the mm -hmm. points on travel and i just like largely ignored it but sure now i realize like my chase sapphire gets three times the points on dining streaming services and uh -hmm. so travel sure i put those things on that and my amazon card gets five percent back Mm -hmm. on like whole foods and amazon purchases Mm -hmm. and then and yuki who's you know a friend of ours that listens to the podcast he always whenever he would look at a price on amazon he'd always subtract five percent from it and i'd be like why are you subtracting five percent from it he's like oh because i get five percent back on my amazon purchases so if something costs a hundred dollars it's like 95 dollars. Um, compared to like if you bought it at H photo, you know, where it would mm-hmm. be a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but maybe you don't have to pay tax. And so I don't know, I, I'm trying to do this stuff and it's kinda it's kinda starting to add up. So like right now mm-hmm. uh I can probably get like a few biz- free business class tickets across the country and um mm-hmm. and I'm trying to, you know, when I fly for work to have them always go on Delta and and yeah, it,
1: flying for work is like a really good hack for directors or anyone with a, any sort of corporate life you know if you can get work to yeah you know, if you can let them uh let you book it on your own personal card and then pay it off immediately yeah that's that's definitely the way to go i feel like i'm in my younger years was like too sloppy i just know oh, me like too i'm having I mean, a balance or whatever you know what i mean i'd be like oh great and then you spend the 500 bucks you spent on your oh, yeah. flight to New York or, or whatever. Yeah. Or like people get
2: points and they expire and all like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. like I'm sure I have many free vacations I could have had if I would have just like been paying any attention to this stuff more than a yeah. year ago. The one tip that Yuki gave me that I think is, is good for everyone is like whenever there is like a points program, I used to never sign up for it. Cause I was like, I don't want to get emails about, you know, American airlines points mm-hmm. program. But Yuki's like, look, every airline here, I have my, my ID number for every hotel. I have my ID number for and just put, I have, you know, in the notes app on my phone, I just have like mm-hmm. one document that has all my membership IDs. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I go on any airline or any hotel or anything, I put that, you know, I make sure to look it up and put that in. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to like accrue free nights here and free flights there mm-hmm, and free mm-hmm. upgrades there and lounge access and all that stuff. And, um, you know, you don't have to be like, wealthier fly first
1: class or any of that stuff yeah for that, it's just for it a little up. bit of organization i like yeah. that very much so yeah
2: i don't know all the hacks is like a really he he actually started the podcast as like a dad podcast because he was a new uh-huh. dad and he's like i want to do a podcast about being a dad and quickly realized all these other dads were just like trying to hack their life uh-huh. and the people were much more interested in like how they can hack things in yeah. the same way yeah
1: do you have an amazon card
2: yeah so my main and. cards now are yeah. I have an Amazon prime card and i mm-hmm. everything. We buy a lot of stuff on Amazon, unfortunately, and whole foods. And so everything from those two places goes on the Amazon card. and Amazon also mm-hmm. gets three, three X on gas, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. barely buy any gas, but, um, I bought some gas yesterday and I put on the Amazon card and then the chase Sapphire gets like five times the points on Lyft lift rides, like more on any travel yet. Five times the points mm-hmm. you get three times on dining. And so
1: it all kind of adds up. And yeah. I like having at least like a little delineation of like, okay, this is for this and this is for that. And then you're just, you're good to go. Yeah.
2: Well, I had yeah. them, I was yeah. looking at them as my business and my personal cards, mm-hmm. so Sapphire for business, Amazon Prime for sure. personal, but I don't know, talking to my accountant and all these other people, it's like, you can write off so much stuff in your life and you might as well just like optimize the points. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, the advice that I told people to take when you're like 25, I'm trying to take it like, you know, 15 to 20 years later.
1: Uh, All right, buddy. Well, uh, good conversation. Maybe I'll go get an Amazon card. I spend too much on Amazon um, because we don't have time to go to Target. And frankly, I think they're equally evil, give or take. Um, uh, Look, here we are. Uh, If you want (laughs) to... chime in on anything you can hit us at just shoot a pod at gmail.com or an already said all this stuff uh or uh, we're across all social media at just shoot a pod i'm at mr Maddenlow. and i'm at o. Kaplan on
2: instagram this episode was edited by noah bayshore our producer is tyler small and you're listening to music from the free music archive and the artist jazar we will catch you next time thanks everyone thanks everyone
1: bye